teaching on the prayer life of the Apostle Paul tonight. I, I want to thank, I believe it was Pastor, uh, who, Pastor Mike. Who taught last week in my place? Was it Larry? Pastor Larry? I want to thank Pastor Larry for teaching last week. I had, uh, I had to work. And, but, uh, um, two weeks ago, we began this study on the prayer life of the Apostle Paul. And so I want to continue that tonight. I'm going to go to the book of Galatians. Let's start there. Some of this is going to be a little bit of review to kind of refresh our, our minds on where what we're talking about. But let's begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. We ask that the Holy Spirit would guide and lead us to doing this Bible study. Give us divine light by way of your divine word. Open our spiritual eyes. Open our spiritual ears. May we see Christ Jesus by way of the word. Father, I pray that above all that you would be glorified. As he is magnified before us tonight. In Jesus name. Amen. The prayer life of the apostle Paul. How many of y'all know you just don't wake up one day and become the Apostle Paul? Yeah. God had to had to deal with him and had to uh, get him ready for the things that God had prepared him for or called him to before the foundation of the world. So Paul's life, as we found out in our previous study, was a life... Um, of uh, power and anointing and exploits and uh, really without a dynamic prayer life none of those things would, would be po- would have been possible for him just like none of those things would be possible for us if we don't develop in our prayer life and so Paul's uh, Paul's life is an example of a new covenant believer who did not physically walk with Jesus. Uh, we found out uh, Paul got born again after Jesus had went to the cross and had been resurrected. Well, we can relate to that, amen? We, uh, we are those who uh, know Jesus, unless, I don't know, maybe some of y'all have had, had that opportunity as some have you know to actually talk to Jesus in person you know he's shown up but I haven't had that so uh, but most of us we have to know him in the spirit and uh, that's the way God wants it done in this dispensation but uh, the way that Paul walked with Jesus we have opportunity and have that same access if we will avail ourselves to a consecrated uh, prayer life and a consecrated life before him. Uh, all, the, all the things that we see in the New Testament, in the epistles that Paul wrote, Paul wrote them for uh, our benefit. 
so that we could uh, begin to know Jesus as he knew him. Uh, but that, that is done through revelation uh, of the Holy Spirit. And revelation of the Holy Spirit is often found on your knees and uh, spending time in the Lord's presence as he begins to unfold the mystery of uh, the mystery of salvation and the mystery of the gospel. And so Paul, that's what he did. He he um, he allowed himself to be crucified with Christ. And to uh, to die to himself, and that that's the price that is is to be paid if you're going to really follow Jesus to that degree. And like I said, it's it, it's possible for anybody to do, but you have to be willing to give it up for him. Uh, so Paul's life, like I said, I, this is a good study. His prayer life is a good study on how uh, how to do that. So when we asked that question last last time we met, when did Paul's dynamic prayer life begin? And uh, we're going to go to Galatians chapter one. And again, this is review. It says here in verse 15. And when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Paul says, to reveal his son in me. So Paul says, God called him by his grace for the primary purpose was to reveal the son of God in him. Uh, The way that Paul, that revelation came to Paul was through uh, prayer. Uh, Paul got a revelation of, of Christ in him. Amen. The hope of glory. He he got a revelation of of what the cross had afforded him in terms of his access to God through Jesus Christ. And so Paul says, God called him by his grace, separated him from his mother's womb to reveal the son of God in him. And then, then the Bible says, so that he could preach him to the heathen or to the preach the gospel to the heathen. And the Bible says, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. And we found out that that was interesting because Paul said uh, he did not uh, allow himself to be talked out of it by humans, human beings. He he said, I didn't immediately confer with flesh and blood. But the Bible says in verse 17, Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. So he didn't even go directly into a relationship with the other apostles, the Bible says. But he, the Bible says he went into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So we found out that he went into Arabia for uh, three years of intense seeking after God. And this is when... His prayer life began to develop during those three years of intense uh, seeking after God. Now, let's look at verse 11 of that same chapter. We're going to go back up to verse 11. And it says here, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. 
So he he wants us to know that uh, everything that he received from God was divine revelation from God. It was not anything that any man had taught him, although we found out last week, last time, that he did sit at the feet of Gamaliel and he was very educated in the Jewish traditions. But uh, those traditions, everything that he learned, God used it, but uh, it was not uh, something that... Uh, that caused him to, to experience these revelations. The revelation that he experienced in terms of his understanding of Christ was through God himself teaching him or the Holy Spirit himself teaching him. So he says here in verse 12, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. And we found out that Paul, through that prayer, through, prayer, through his prayer life, was now, had now developed an ear for Holy Ghost revelation. That's what he did. He developed an ear for Holy Ghost revelation as he continued to spend time with God. God began to open up to him the scriptures. And the same God who opened up the scriptures to Paul will open up the scriptures to you and I. If we avail ourselves to a lifestyle of consistent uh, prayer, consistent seeking after God, consistent meditation on the word of God. So these things that Paul experienced were not just to be uh, un, uh, common for him, but that that was to be an experience for each and every one of us if we followed the blueprint that Paul followed in terms of his seeking after God. Now, let's look at chapter 2 of Galatians, and let's look at verse 1. Then The Bible says, Then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me. So, we see 14 years later, to go with that three years, that he spent in intense uh, uh, seeking after God in Arabia. That, that's, that's 17 years. That's 17 years of, 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 of seeking God, of crucifying his flesh, of uh, learning to walk by faith. Uh, God using him. But uh, still him just really scratching the surface. But it was 17 years. Like I said, uh, to become an apostle Paul was not an overnight thing. And to, for us, you know, it's not going to be an overnight thing in terms of us getting where God wants us to be. Uh, I've been born again uh, for about 31 years now, and I don't know nothing. You know what I mean? I don't know nothing. It's like, uh, it's like, unless God gives me light, you know. So it's just one of those things where we just continue to evolve in the Christian faith as we continue to seek after God because God is, he, he's, he's unlimited. You know, the things that he has for us are unlimited. And Paul, Paul found that out 
It says here in verse 2, And I went up by revelation, again, that word revelation, these things being revealed to him, and communicated unto them that gospel, the gospel that God had been showing him through all these years, that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, because Paul was primarily called to the Gentiles. Peter was the apostles to the Jews. Paul was the uh, apostle to the Gentiles. After the Jews rejected Paul, Paul said, I'll just go to the Gentiles. How many of you know that's good? That's probably smart. If they're going to reject you here, go to the ones who receive you. Amen. He says that I might preach among the Gentiles. But privately to them which were of reputation, least by any means I should run or had run in vain. So Paul, uh, after about 17 years, he finally began to preach the gospel to some of the big shots in Jerusalem. And uh, because, you know, he had gotten some of the things that he knew or that God had revealed to him. Peter himself said some of these things are hard to be understood. <laughs> Because Paul had gotten deep. God had taken him deeper than he had taken any man. And again, this was a man who had, did not walk with Jesus in the flesh. So if, if God can take Paul deep, and Paul didn't walk with Jesus like Peter and James and the rest of those guys did, he can take you deep too, if you're willing to go deep. See, that's, that's the key. Are we willing to go deep? And so his prayer life is, again, an example to us of those of the possibilities of Christ in us or working through us. Now, let's go still in review to first Corinthians chapter 14. And verse 18. Paul says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than all of you. (laughs) So that was a very strong statement there. Paul is saying, I speak in tongues more than anybody. And uh, I believe that the more he prayed in tongues, the more he was able to connect Old Testament revelation With Christ and him crucified. I believe the more that he prayed in the spirit. The Holy Ghost began to. Take the mystery. Out of the gospel. He began to open Paul's mind up to. Everything that happened in the Old Testament. And those things that are now ours. In the New Testament. The types and shadows. Of the Old Testament, God began to show Paul the realities of those things over here in the New, in the new Covenant. But uh, the reason that he was able to receive that revelation, I believe, and he get, received more revelation than anybody, is because he prayed in tongues more than anybody. So we see the value of praying in the Spirit. That's why the devil fights tongues so much. I say that's why the devil fights tongues so much. Because he knows that the more you pray in the spirit, the more light you receive. 
the more you are able to receive and understand the mysteries. Pastor Angela spent many weeks talking about the mysteries and the patterns of God. And so the more you pray in the spirit, the more these things become real to you. And the more you be, uh, understand the reality of these things, God begins to show you. Uh, one thing God began to show me several years ago, uh, as I begin to, uh, my prayer life began to intensify, I begin to see uh, our access into the Holy of Holies. I begin to see that that's, that's, that's a real thing, that I, you and I are there. Hallelujah. We are there. We've been raised up. <laughs> yeah. And made to sit together with him in heavenly. Right now. Don't have to wait until I die and go to heaven. Hallelujah. But I'm right there. I'm, I'm seated with him now. You see. And if I'm seated with him now. Everything that belongs to him. Hallelujah. Belongs to me. You see. I, I, I'm a joint heir with him. You see. I don't have to want for anything spiritually because the Bible says I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. So my my eyes begin to become open to those things. And, you know, and when your eyes become open to these things, you become dangerous to the devil. You really do. Because now you're able to pierce the darkness. Darkness don't you're not afraid of the darkness anymore. (laughs) Because you really believe that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. (laughs) But he got that by praying in tongues. The more you pray in tongues, the more you pray in the spirit, the more you you begin to believe that you truly are a new creature. It's just not words coming out of your mouth. But you truly are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new to you because you have access to these things. You have access to the living God. Hallelujah. So that's what Paul, Paul began to understand those things. Now, the Bible says here in, in chapter 14, verse 2. And again, we're still in review. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. So that's what Paul, Paul was able to receive revelation and take the mysteries out of the, uh, the New Testament realities. God began to open his eyes up into these things. So, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And now we're going to get to some new information. I don't, I don't think we went over this last time we met. And we're going to spend some time in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. This is rich, by the way. Everything we're about to read here, this is rich because... This gives us insight in how deep God took this man. He says here in verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. 
So he said, I, I, I didn't come with fancy words. I didn't come with excellency of speech. He had spent time with God. And God caused him to begin to understand the testimony of God. He began to give him revelation concerning what was really important in terms of uh, the Christianity that God wanted to establish through his son. So he said, I didn't come with, with, with wisdom of man. I didn't come with excellence of speech, but I came to you declaring the testimony of God through the revelation that I had received from God. So he says here in verse 2, and he made a determination. I like this. He says, for I determined not to know anything among you. He said, see, Paul, like I say, he sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He, 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 he hung out with the, with the big wigs. He, he hung out with a lot of uh, people of reputation. But he says, once he got born again and once God began to give him revelation, he made a determination that the only thing that he was going to ever preach was Christ and him crucified. The finished work of the cross. He wasn't going to preach his opinion. He wasn't going to preach man's opinion. He was not going to preach tradition. He was going to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified because that's what God showed him. He showed him the finished work of the cross. He showed him the power of the resurrected Jesus. And he showed him the power of the resurrected Christ in him, you see. It's one thing to know about the power of Christ, but it's another thing to know that the power of Christ resides in, on the inside of each and every one of us. Yeah. See. See. Paul understood that. He understood that the anointing that, that of God dwelled on the inside of the temple of God. Amen. They, Israel understood that in the old covenant that the Anointing of God dwelt in the, the, the physical temple, the building. But God has now in the new covenant decided by grace, by his grace and mercy to dwell on the inside of every born again believer. Amen. And Paul understood that. He said, and that's all he preached. He said, I was determined I'm just going to preach Jesus and him crucified. The benefits of the cross. Is what I'm gonna preach. You see, I could have preached a lot of things, but that's what that's what, that was my main objective: save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Then He says here in verse three, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So apparently, when Paul preached, he he, he didn't you know he wasn't uh, he didn't have a lot of fancy words. He, he probably was not a dynamic speaker like Pastor Mike. Mike Pastor Mike is a dynamic speaker, you see. But, but Paul, Paul didn't, have that, didn't have that dynamic. He, he, he had to depend on the demonstration of the Spirit and God's power. He, you know, he says, and, and the reason why Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, or that word perfect means, of course, mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world, 
that come to naught. So again, uh, he's, he, uh, Paul was determined not to preach anything that came from human wisdom or human understanding or the world, worldly wisdom, the princes of this world right there. Talking about the demonic uh, powers of darkness that uh, influence the world and are still influencing the world today. You see some of the things that you see and hear. You hear some of the things that you hear on television and on radio and how crazy they sound. And they are crazy, by the way. Most of the stuff you hear, people have lost their mind. They've literally lost their mind. They've given themselves over to Satan. Amen. They they, they can't even determine a, a man from a woman. You see what I'm saying? They, they've become so wise that they've become foolish. And see, that's, that's what people are feeding off of today. People are feeding off of that. And because of that, they're going into more and more bondage. Paul said, I, 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 I was determined not to preach that kind of thing. The princes of this world, they come to not. But he says here in verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God. In a mystery. So he got that wisdom from God doing his prayer time. As God began to give him light. Even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory or for our benefit. Amen. We're we're to to benefit from this, from the divine mysteries of God. We're, we're to, now God, he, he, he hides these things from the world, but he reveals these things to his children. Amen. He wants you to know these things. He wants you to know the mysteries of the gospel. But you gotta spend time with him in order to get it. You gotta spend time with him. You gotta, uh, develop like Paul, Paul had to develop those spiritual ears. And those spiritual eyes. Because if you don't, you will, uh, you will deem yourself unworthy for the, for, the, for the information. If you don't know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you'll say, man, that's, 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 too, that's too much for me. That's too high for me. God, God wouldn't, wouldn't speak to me along those. God would not tell me, you know, that I'm who I am in Christ. He wouldn't give me revelation of, 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 of the finished work of the cross. He wouldn't tell me that I'm an heir of God and join heirs with Christ. If he did, you'll, we, we, we reject it because we don't think we're worthy. But Paul says, I'm going to only preach Christ and him crucified. The, the, the reason that we're worthy is because of the blood of Jesus. And when we understand the blood of Jesus, the power of the blood of Jesus, then we become, have, have an understanding that, that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. So that's, that's wisdom right there. That's the hidden wisdom. That God could take a, a man who was born in sin and redeem him by the precious blood of the Lamb and make him righteous in his sight forever. As you sit there, as I stand here, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You'll never be any more righteous than you are right now. The message of grace... 
needs to be preached. Amen. Because guess what? You ain't nothing and I ain't nothing without it. The blood of Jesus has to be preached because that's the only thing that cleanses us from sin. Not my works, not the good things that I can do. It's good to do good things, but the good things that you do will not save you. What saves you is the blood of Jesus. What saves me is the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul, Paul was determined to preach only that. He says here, verse 7 again, but we speak the wisdom of God and a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory or for our benefit, which none of the princes of this world knew. It's talking about the principalities and powers, the ones who influenced the Romans to nail Jesus to the cross. They didn't know what they were doing. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, Satan, he really is really dumb when you really think about it. I mean, really, when you really think about it, he was in heaven and he thought he could overthrow God. So you know he's stupid, right? So, Jesus died on the cross and causing man, and Satan influencing those people to crucify him, that fell right into God's plan. But the devil was too dumb to recognize it. So the Bible says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they knew it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have either entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed them to us. So God wants to reveal these things to us. How? By his spirit, for the spirit of God searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, we could just keep on going in terms of, that's talking about the the overflow revelations of God. The overflow uh, abundance that God has in store for us throughout the eons of eternity. We have access to those things and we're going to have access to more of those things throughout all of eternity. But God began to reveal to Paul some of those things while he was still here on the earth. God had revealed to us by his spirit, for God searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. If you're willing to go deep, God will take you deep. He'll go as deep as you want to go. As long as uh, you make a determination to believe what he says when he takes you there. Because God will tell you some things that he wants to do through you. That if you're not rooted and grounded, you'll say, I'm not qualified for that. And you're not. (laughs) We're not qualified for that. But we have the power of the Holy Ghost. And when we recognize that we have access to the powers of the worlds to come, then that takes away our fear. Because you know that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 
So no assignment is too big. Because you got the mighty God of the universe empowering you on a moment by moment basis. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Again, Paul began to understand that God has, uh, he's actually, and you need to hear me, He's actually not holding anything back. The things that he's freely given to us. He who spared not his own son, but delivered them up for us all. How shall he not with him? The Bible said also give us all things with him. Also freely give us all things. So God, in essence, isn't holding anything back. The only thing God holds back is his glory. You don't we don't touch his glory. All the glory, all the praise, all the honor, it belongs to him. Okay? When we, when we realize that and when we uh, begin to humble ourselves with that type of mindset, there's nothing that he won't do through you. And there's nothing that he won't do through us throughout the ages. And that's, what those, those, that's some of the things that Paul began to understand and recognize. Because to write that, that he might... that. That we might know the things that are freely given to us. Verse 13. Which things also we speak. Not in words which man's wisdom teacheth. But which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. Now. I really got to go on. I would like to spend more time there, but for time's sake, I can't. But as you can see, Paul says the natural man, he can't understand these things. But the spiritual man can because he has spent time with God. And the Spirit of God has renewed his mind, transformed his thinking. And he's, he's, he's made a decision that if God says I can do it, I can do it. If God says I can have it, I can have it. If God says I can experience the bosom of God, I can. Amen. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 1. I'm running out of time. Now he says here in verse 9... I mean, yeah, verse 9 of chapter 1 of Romans. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. And this is part of his prayer life. This is part of the things that he prayed. This, this is how he prayed, the things that he prayed for. Making requests... If by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come to you. For I long to see you. Now this is, this is, this is his prayer. 
For I long to see you that I might impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. So that Paul's prayer life was, was built like that. He prayed that his ministry would prosper and that churches would be edified or established through the gifting of the Holy Ghost. That makes sense? That's, that's what he prayed. That he prayed that his, his ministry would prosper, not so he could, you know, become a big shot, no, but that the churches could be edified and established through the gifting of the Holy Ghost. So that was Paul's focus, was establishing the church, making the church strong, giving the church a strong foundation through doctoral teaching and preaching, and teaching people how to walk in him. Teaching people how to uh, walk in Christ or to live in Christ. Teaching people uh, who, who they are in Christ. That they would be edified. So that, that was Paul's prayer life. A lot of his prayer life was, was based on those type of things. Now, now we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to go in some, some of these doctrinal prayers that Paul prayed. Which, by the way, are very, very, very powerful. I got turned on to this about almost 25 years ago. I was listening to uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, and he was teaching along these lines about prayer and how uh, the book of Ephesians was full of prayers that I could pray for myself or that a person could pray and the same Holy Ghost that answered Paul's prayer will answer our prayer when that prayer is based on the word. So when you pray the prayers that we're about to look at, you can expect and should expect to get the results that Paul got because the prayers that we're praying are in line with the perfect will of God. Does that make sense? Paul says here, wherefore also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints, I cease not to give thanks for you. I'm always giving thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So this is the type of things that he would pray for the people at the church at Ephesus. And these are the type of things you can pray for yourself and the church members and expect God to do it. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you can pray, you can actually pray that for yourself. That God would give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In the name of Jesus. And expect then that the Holy Spirit will do it. Amen. Y'all not, y'all not, y'all not getting excited enough about this. Because this is, this is, this is, this is it, man. You, Paul is laying out for us, if I pray this in the name of Jesus, the Holy Ghost will give me just what I'm asking for. Because this is God's will. Hallelujah. That he give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened. That I would know what is the hope of his calling. And the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God. Amen. I can pray that. And, and I, I, I can then expect God to begin to give me divine light. When I read the Gospels, I be, God opens up the word of God to me and he gives me revelation concerning my victory in Christ. And what is the hope of his calling and the, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is, I, I, he begins to reveal to me the exceeding greatness of God's power to us with, who believe. So that, then I, be, I, I begin to understand that because of this, nothing shall be impossible unto me. Because God will, God's going to give me the exceeding, he's going to reveal to me the exceeding greatness of his power. See, we've already got the power, but what has to happen is that power has to be revealed. i got to get revelation of that power, because that power is available to those who believe that that power is available to them. Does that make sense? The exceeding greatness of his power to us would, who what? Who believe it? <laughs> i got to believe it. If I don't believe it, guess what? It shuts off the power. But when I believe it, when I'm walking by faith in this, then the power of God becomes mine. And I can do the exploits that Jesus says I can do. He said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works shall you do, because I go unto the Father. Because I, I have a revelation that he, he is enthroned at the right hand of God, and I'm seated there with him in heavenly places. I got access to the very power of God, because I'm in him. Paul began to rec- recognize and understand that through, par- through, through prayer. Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, he gave him revelation of the risen Christ. His eyes become, became open to the risen Christ and the revelation of the victory of that cross and the power that was in that resurrected, in that resurrection. And that, that the access that Paul now had and the church now has to that power on a moment by moment basis when we believe. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named. Not only in this world, Paul's not just talking about this dispensation, but he's talking about in the worlds to come. God opened his eyes up that, that in the world, in the ages to come, we're going to be experiencing more and more of this unlimited grace and this unlimited power. This may not do you good <laughs> as it's doing me, but I'm telling you, this will obliterate cancer. This will destroy heart disease. This will take you to the level where you're, where you're actually walking in, in God's very best as you begin to understand that God has freely given to us this type of access to him. But it comes through prayer. That's where Paul got it. He got it through prayer. Stand to your feet. Now, in order to carry that kind of anointing, you got to have strength. 
And you get your strength from the Holy Ghost. So, Father, I pray that you'll strengthen us with might by your spirit in our inner man. That Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith. That we being rooted and grounded in love would be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And we would know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That we would be filled, God, with all of your fullness. Now unto you, Father, be all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. May your people begin to walk in this. May they begin to understand and have revelation concerning these things. As they seek you in prayer, as you begin to open their eyes, O God, of what has been accomplished by Jesus Christ through the resurrection, through the finished work, for your kingdom glory, and only for your kingdom glory. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. And amen. I'm serious about it. Yeah, I'm serious about it. Because, because I'm telling you something. The devil, once we get a revelation, the devil, he got, no, he got nothing for us. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But we got to get that revelation. Amen. God bless you.